everybody, I'm Rob Alley. And I'm Zeke Tucker, and we are the hosts of Cinema Snack Bar. It's the ultimate podcast for people who love movies and food. We're going to talk about the films we love and the foods that help inform them. Each week, we're going to watch a favorite movie, a bona fide classic, or an audience pick, and we're going to make or try a relevant food from that movie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Cinema Snack Bar and visit us online at cinemasnackbar.com. And most importantly, smash that subscribe button. Let's go, fam. No, I'm not Jake Paul. <laughs> Let's go, family. Episodes release bi-weekly starting March 7th. We'll see you guys then. Get your popcorn ready. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Season's greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Motor. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man, I am doing fantastic. All right, y'all. We have a doozy of our first ever repeat artist. That's right. Of a song and our first ever double repeat guest. Yes. We have had repeat guests, but never a repeat. Dual guest, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, as two guests, as we have legendary songwriters George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam of Boy Meets Girl back with us. Um, so we covered "I Want to Dance with Somebody" in season three, episode seven, years ago, with uh, literal years ago, <laughs> literal years ago uh, by Whitney, and then we covered "Waiting on a Star to Fall" with George and Shannon in season seven, yes. episode two. Um, and when the opportunity resurfaced for us to spend a few more minutes with them. We couldn't pass it this chance. Yeah. So this episode will be a little different for all things Whitney. If you want to go super deep on Whitney that we may not touch on today, you can go back to 307. And for round one of George and Shannon, go to 702. There you go. But today we're going to cover another banger they wrote and hang out with them again to catch up on things we didn't get to cover in round one. Rob, tell them what song we're talking about and, and kick a little of it. This is How Will I Know by Whitney Houston. Ready for takeoff. <laughs> Took one of those inflatable guys warming up. Yeah. If the production doesn't have you, the first yeah, line will. So good. Oh, yes. 
Dang. Dude, it's freaking perfect. Dude. It is perfection. Um, mate, the girl can sing. I don't yeah. know if you are aware of this, if you've ever really thought about it. Very good vocalist. I'm going to, I got a hot take here. Um, <laughs> Whitney Houston, she could actually sing. She could sing I, songs. Um, I know, contrary to popular belief, uh, you know, I, I mean, good Lord. Every time you li- listen to Whitney Houston, you just go, good uh, I know, right? You know, her, her voice and her control and her delivery yeah, it's awesome. and her, you know, the way she interprets these lines and everything is just so perfect. It makes everything so listenable. Yep. That is how will I know from Whitney Houston's debut album, 1985's Whitney Houston, written by George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam, AKA Boy Meets Girl, our guests today. Sorry, with some additional writing and arranging done by Narada Michael Walden, who we'll talk about in a few minutes as well. The song went straight to number one on the Billboard Hot 100, also the R&B slash hip-hop songs chart, and the adult contemporary chart in 1985. It also hit number one in Canada and Iceland. Of all the, like, those were the only places other than the U.S. that it went number one. I thought Iceland was a random choice, but okay. It went to number five in the U.K. It was top 10, 5, 10, 20, 40 in, you know, a billion other places, uh, but not number one in a whole bunch of countries. Um, wah. <laughs> um, it, it was the uh, number six song in the U.S. for all of 1986, and it was on several other year-end charts as well. Um, the 2021 David Guetta, Mr. Jam, John Newman version went to number 19 on the U.S. Hot Dance Electronics chart and number eight on the U.K. Dance, 27 on the U.S. Singles. Um, and the Whitney... I don't know how to say this when it, when a remix is done and it uses the X symbol, like it's a, like it's math, right? So it's like Whitney X times clean bandit. I don't know what that is with, is it X? It's not with, or they would just say with, right? And it's not featuring it's Whitney X clean bandit. And I don't know how I like clean bandit. I only see it in, (laughs) in print. So I don't, you know what I mean? How to pronounce it. So, you know, it sounds weird to say Whitney times clean bandit, (laughs) you know, maybe. So I'll just say Whitney and clean bandit. Uh, that version that is from the new Whitney movie uh, called I Want to Dance with Somebody, uh, it went to number three on, uh, I'm sorry, number 23 on the Hot Dance chart and number 12 on the Canadian Adult Contemporary chart. And How I Know About Whitney Houston is number 520 on the Billboard all-time 600. Yay. Come on now. It you have sits, what it's sandwiched between. Yeah, I do. It sits between number 519, Loving You by Minnie Ripperton. Okay. Some little smooth. Loving You. There it is. Um, Minnie, thanks for stopping by. I can't. (laughs) Almost. Bad choice. (laughs) This is between number 519, Loving You by Minnie Ripperton, and number 521, Come On, Dog. Here Without You by Three Doors Down. Okay, well. Are you are you serious? I'm here without you, baby. Gross. <laughs> Gross. Uh, it is certified two times platinum in the if you'd U.S. Have to- if you'd have told me that Three Doors Down song was by Nickelback, I wouldn't have disagreed. Yeah. Like, it sounds so similar to a Nickelback song I, the, to me. The, you know, I think the main difference is you got to listen You got to listen to the lead vocal, okay. right? If the lead vocal it's two. It's two things. They both come from trauma. Okay, <laughs> these both of the, the Chad Kroger and the lead singer uh-huh. from Three Doors Down, but their vote, their voices are both the product of trauma. Yeah. Chad Kroger's <laughs> is, I got beat up or or um, abused. My dad sucked, and I'm pissed about it. Okay, right, and he's like, I'm gonna be the toughest guy. In the, okay, right. The guy from Three Doors Down was, I got beat up or abused, and my dad sucked, and, and I'm, I'm still wounded. I'm broken about yeah. it. Yes, I'm wounded. Yes, 
that's that's the difference. That's okay. Awesome. So like if Chad if Chad's like, yeah, I'm gonna nah. it's like the it's macho man. Ma- yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? And then the guy from three doors down is like sit over the corner and yeah. cry. That's good. That's, I like that. That's how you can mostly tell the difference between them. <laughs> There is a new version of How Well I Know. That was my. That's going to be my favorite uh, side trail of the day. That conversation just then. <laughs> there is a uh, a new version by Boy Meets Girl on the deluxe edition of their fantastic EP Five, uh, and it just so happens that we have a couple autographed copies of that EP what? to give away. We may just give away one and keep one for ourselves. They we gave might us be permission so. to that, we'll but see. we'll see. Keep up, keep up on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Instagram at Great Song Pod. Facebook, the Facebook group, great songs, and the great people who love them greatly. We'll be giving out the details uh, on that. And you can hit us at Twitter as well. Not doing Twitter as much right now, but Twitter at Great Song Pod. Might throw that up there as well. But yes, we do have autographed, at least one autographed copy to give away. <laughs> we currently two. have two. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that's going to be awesome. And uh, you know what? If you want to support us on Patreon, your chances will be even better than the average person's to win that. So if you want to go to patreon.com slash great song pod and throw some support that way, you can do that as well. And your chances will be even better. That is a free advertisement. Okay. Uh, but let's hear a little bit of that. You want to hear the... Absolutely. Right. Let's hear their version. Play it. This is the... Try to phone. How will I know martini mix? But I'm too... First thing you know is Faster. And a little more clubby. There's a boy I know. He's the one I dream of. Different delivery, right? Shannon. Different attitude. Takes me to the clouds above. I'm gonna skip ahead to the chorus. That's, uh, that line gets me every time. I'm trying to fall, but I'm too shy. And the Can't vocals come speak. in. Can't speak. Gets me every time. So anyway, that is included on the uh, the five deluxe edition by Boy Meets Girl, uh, which I can't recommend highly enough. I really, when we first talked to them, they were working on that record and they sent us like some pre-masters. Um, and since then, it's always been in regular rotation. There's a couple songs on there that are just... You know, certain songs are just a complete mood, and when you're in when you're in certain moods, only one thing will work. There's a couple of those tracks on that EP, which I've just loved in that way. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, all right, some listening notes from me on Whitney's version of How Will I Know. Um, the opening synth sounds are just amazing. We were joking when we were listening about, like, uh, you know, taking off in a spaceship. That first, like, <laughs> that thing is totally unnecessary, right? <laughs> but it's it's so cool. Um, and, of course, you get that classic, like, electric piano. It's not a full-blown synth. It's more like an electric piano type thing. You know, but so perfectly, I mean, 80s, you know, obviously. Um, th- I want to talk for a minute here. I'm going to I'm gonna sit here and rest for just a second okay. like, a, like a little bird. 
on the bridge and the key change. Okay. Because okay? they are incredible. Let's listen to it and then we'll analyze a little bit. All right, we're coming straight out of the chorus. We'll just listen all the way through once. saxophone solo it's like come on it's like it has everything yeah absolutely okay so here's here's what's happening there let's break it down a little bit first of all we're in the key of g flat okay five flats uh six flats how many flats are in g flat one two three four five Five, six six. flats yeah six Six flats flats. we're in the key of g flat f sharp if you're a guitarist trying to think on a piano (laughs) keyboard but if you're a keyboardist it's g flat what we get at the beginning of the bridge on the he loves me, right? We're getting a four over five chord to a one over five. So you're keeping a five in the bass, but boom, 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 and then that space. So that'll be a C sharp or a D flat on the bottom. That's right? gonna be yes, a D flat on, on the, the bottom, bottom on yes. the bottom, uh-huh. and a B natural, and a B or a C, C flat, C flat, yes, on the top, uh-huh. and then a one and then a one over five, yeah. So G flat over D flat. Okay, so listen to that first, and then you get the guitar filling in the space. So we're just hitting the he loves me space, space, space. He loves me not right. It does that four times. She's pulling the flower, you know. Yeah. So here we go. It's four over five to one over five. And really, the instrumentally, they might just kind of be playing a one over five there, both, and her her melody is kind of giving it a four over five feel. Either way, it has the same has the same effect. And then it's going to go to a two minor. And four thing after they do that a couple times, and the rhythm is going to drive to a bum 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 right, which will be an A flat minor, which will be an A minor bum 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 A flat minor because it's yes A flat minor two minor four and then so what happens is here's here's let's break down what just happened because you might not even fully understand all the feelings you're having. So <laughs> she sings the melody of how will I know like you would expect in that key, right? Mm-hmm. How will I know? It's what she's been singing the whole chorus. How will I know? But it she holds it out while the key suddenly changes to E flat. Okay. Using the chorus chords. So the key is in E flat. The key is changing to E flat now. Holy cow. Yeah, we were going from G flat down a step and a half, down a, a minor third, all the way to E flat from G flat. Yeah. Okay. E flat major. So that would Which normally be the opposite be, of going up a minor third, like living on a prayer or something like that. This one yeah. goes down a minor third, right. but her vocal carries it higher. And so sh- the note that she's singing, how will I know, is the six in the melody of the original key, but it becomes the one of, of the new key. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. 
and the chords of the chorus are actually starting on the like a one over three four, right? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. so that's what's happening underneath there. So that's an E over E flat over G, E flat over G, A flat to an A flat. Yeah. yeah. Okay, and that's um, cool. And it just kind of all happens under the hood, and yeah. and you know, you just, I'm, I, you notice that it feels different. I don't know if people. A lot of people necessarily notice that it's a key change. Mm-hmm. It feels different, but you don't think about. I had never really thought about the fact that the rest of the song is in that key. Yeah, it's, in, it's back in E flat now. Yeah, so it's like carried out. It never goes key. back to G flat. Yeah. So when she comes back in and sings the chorus at the end, it's actually a step and a half lower, lower than it she, was the rest of the song, which is weird. That almost uh, never happens. Yeah. I can't think of another song yeah, cool. that does that. Normally, they would find a way to bring it back to the original uh-huh. key. Yeah. But nah, she's like, I'll just sing I'll it. I'll just finish it And I'll just make it awesome. She's like, just put it in whatever key you want. I'm going to hit it. Yeah. It, that's so cool. It's really interesting. Finish so it that, out. Let me hear so, a little bit of that chorus so, yeah. in that key. And you'll listen. So listen, to this the, melodically, the six of the original key mm-hmm. becomes the one cool. of the new key. And that that's kind of mentally how you can connect the two, you know, melodically, even and, if technically yes, you don't know what I'm talking about. And yes, the six is normally minor in, that, in the original key. Sure. So, so yes, if you were going to a six chord, you would go to an E-flat minor chord. Yeah. So it's going to an E-flat major that even if you were going to play an E-flat chord, yeah, you're right. So establishing the new key as E-flat definitely is by playing it as an E-flat yeah. chord. Mm-hmm. So, all right, one more time. So here's the. So the note we're looking for is this one. In just a minute, okay? That's gonna be the six. That's gonna become the new key. Here we go. We're gonna drive it over the two minor to the four, five to the new one. Isn't that crazy? It's awesome. And then we got another sax solo, and she's gonna come back and chorus out in the new key. It doesn't feel that different. It's no. How does it not feel different? It should. I, I think the 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 vocals, the the vocal stack and the uh-huh. BGVs and everything are yeah. so thick and so great yeah. that it does it doesn't lose anything, and it should. Yeah, it should lose something to go down that far. Yeah, but you don't even notice because she delivers with uh-huh. the same intensity and same power. And the the BGVs are doing such a great job. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, um, I haven't listened closely enough to see if they stack differently mm-hmm. as far as parts, you know what I mean? Yeah. If there's maybe higher parts in the stack to make up for the fact that it's dropped down in key, I don't know. But anyway, it's very cool. And it's like, you never, it doesn't miss anything. Yeah, you don't great. lose anything with that, with that key change. It's well, awesome. Do you want to hear who does those stack vocal parts? Because <laughs> yeah, I'm do. dying to tell you. Yes. Okay, let's go. Okay. Hey, let's meet the man. It's time to meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! All right, we're going to meet the band on How Will I Know. And I'll tell you, that I found a note in here that I'm probably going to put towards the top because I was just so excited about okay. it. I've been waiting to sit on this one with Rob for a while. You've been waiting to sit on this one. That doesn't make any sense. I've been sitting on it for a while, <laughs> waiting to get, I've been just waiting to keep it pushed way down, keep it buried way down. <laughs> 
horrible phrasing. Um, we talked about George and Shannon uh, writers as well. Uh, Narada Michael Walden. He uh, was the drummer for Journey in 2021. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, Journey's had a, a, a little rotation of drummers. They kind of been right. a spinal tap of drummers as of late. <laughs> um, Whitney on lead vocals. Um, I didn't write a whole lot of Whitney notes because I said maybe go back to, to season three and, and hear a lot on sure. Whitney. I died 11 years ago this month. Yeah, um, February 11th, uh, 11 years ago. I'm going to start with my favorite note, and it's one of the background vocals. Her name's Mary Canty. So this is my favorite discovery of the whole episode. So she has two background vocal credits on her discogs. She has two. Okay. All right. Get ready. How will I know Uh this one? And you're going to crap your pants. The Spirit Carries On, Dream Theater. No Minute 424. She's one of the stacked background vocals in the choir. No way. She's Mary freaking Canty. Go to Minute 424. Of the Spirit Carries On by Dream Theater, one of mine and Rob's favorite albums of Dude. all time. From uh, where did we? Okay, so this is great. Out. So go to 424, okay. and you should be able to hear some some vocals. She's not Teresa Thompson, yeah, but she's in the choir. Wow. High part, Mary Cantina. That's so dope. Yeah, man. So, how random. How freaking random. Because that was, I mean, those are even, well, those are 15 years apart, lot, right? That's a, a 2001. Apart. So two, you can't, you can't pick wild. two more perfect thing for me. And I was, I about jumped out of my chair. I that's literally jumped wild. up like, are you kidding me? I said it out loud in this room. Dude, that's wild. That's but, why we'll do this podcast forever. forever. Yeah. Stuff like that. So anyway, there you go. There's my nugget. Uh, but let's keep going because there's still good stuff on here too. Preston Glass on Synthesizer. Hold main, on. Preston Glass? Preston Glass. Like, it sounds like. You know what I mean? You have like ham on pressed glass or whatever. Uh, pressed like, on like glass. Pre- pressed in glass. Pressed in <laughs> pressed glass. Pressed in glass. Like, I don't that's know. Right. Anyway, that's I get where you're coming from. Um, synthesizer, mainly a producer. He produced Kenny G, George Benson, Aretha. So great, great producer, uh, killer synth player. Background vocals, I'm going to go ahead and jump to Sissy, Sissy Houston, yeah. aunt of D- of Dion and Dee Dee Warwick. Um, she won a Grammy in 96 for the best traditional soul gospel album with her face-to-face album which has a gospel version of how sweet it is to be loved by you um she's got a gospel version of that um so sissy it's nice getting the fam involved in your in your project yeah um on bass randy jackson um most know him from american idol and my distaste for him on that journey raised on radio album (laughs) as i'm a huge ross valerie fan um he is on the richard marks repeat offender album okay which has right here waiting but he's not heard on that track because that's all keyboard it's all keys the keys covers the bass part you can hear and I didn't know this. Um, he's on the Striper Against the Law album. Is he he really? plays bass on that Striper album. They do a cover of Earth, Wind, and Fire's Shining Star. So please listen what? to that right now. That Shining it's literally the same? It's the same. Okay, it let's, here it is. See what your life can truly be. <laughs> what? Oh my! In striper fashion. I gotta hear a little of the verse. When you wish oh my <laughs> gosh! <laughs> oh, but there's Randy, Randy getting in there. Bringing it. When you wish upon a dream, That's so weird. Yeah.
I did not expect to be playing a striper cover <laughs> of, Earth, of Earth, Wind, Wind and Fire, Fire Shining Star Randy Jackson <laughs> on <laughs> our Whitney Houston yep. How Will I Know episode. Um, on keyboards, Yvonne Lewis, um, she got most of her musical time on Sesame Street. As okay. she sang background vocals, uh, most notably on the Cookie Monsters, <laughs> Me Lost Me Cookie. <laughs> She's also in The Wiz, also sang okay. with Harry Belafonte, Aretha, and Luther Vandross, but awesome. got to give her her Me Lost Me Cookie. Me Lost Me Cookie. Cred. Okay, guitar. Uh, Corrado Rustici. Okay, he's in a band called Cervello that I should love because it's Italian jazz symphonic rock. And I'm like, that sounds like I would really like that. And I really want it, but I don't at all. But I do love his Charvel MIDI guitar, Mm. which he plays on this. You can tell that's a a Charvel MIDI guitar. And he also plays on this little tune. And I want to hear the solo. Go to minute 255 of Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by oh. Jefferson Starship, as this is Corrado on lead guitar playing that same Charvel MIDI guitar. Okay. Um, so 255. Love that song. Yeah. So anyway, there you go. Nice little little reference there. Excellent. So same guy. Um, on saxophone, um, great saxophone solo in here. A guy named Pramick Russell Tubbs. Um, stuff with Sting, Elton John, James Taylor, Lady Gaga, Vince Gill, and my favorite of his credits, Kid and Play. Oh. Sax player on a lot of the Kid and Play stuff. Cool. Um, engineer, Michael Barbiero. And the mixer, you guys may have heard us talk about him before, a guy yeah. named Bill Schnee. Bill Schnee. Heather, um, my notes. Fa- Firewire synth trumpet. And he gets credit. This is one of my other favorite credits. He gets credit for the drum work oh. on here. All synth drums, but most uh, most drums credit to, to Bill. Okay, um, cool. So on July 13th, 2022, we did an artist spotlight on him on yeah. our Behind the Music, Behind the Board series with, with Mixer Bill. But Yeah, uh, legend. Yeah, legend. So he gets credit for the drum work. And cool. And that makes sense if you're listening back through. You could tell it's it's button drums yeah, you know button drums. there's no sticks really it's a it's a it's it's push button drum yeah um so yeah that's uh that's that's the meet the band section one of my favorite meet the band sections that we've done in a bit very cool very neat well done great stuff that dream theater note that's fantastic yeah that was pretty that's fun. gonna be a legendary note we should just do a we should just do a super cut of like the greatest wtf uh, yeah like uh, moments in meet the band that'd be great Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Um, okay, let's see. My other note on this song is that you don't get a resolution with it. Like, the song is a question. Mm-hmm. 
And the question never gets How an answer. Know? It's not like, you'll know because. Yeah, exactly. It's not, it's in his kiss by Cher, <laughs> right? It's yeah. it's not that. You get, <laughs> the, the song is addressed to the listener, uh-huh. right? And she says, I'm asking you because you know about these things. So it's as though Whitney's your best friend. That's right. Right? And she's like, she's on the phone with you in her uh, see-through purple uh, corded phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't know where you were going with that. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I, like, I should have worded that a little bit differently. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Those, those like clear ish phones Absolutely. that you had in uh you know whatever and That's with a cord that was like 20 feet long where you could go in the closet or take <laughs> yeah. it anywhere in the house um, she's still got the bow in her hair and her yeah, perfect makeup yeah 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 maybe a little overboard and, perfect we've got, <laughs> and we've got the voices in the back in the backgrounds sort of responding to the lead uh-huh. acting as your proxy yeah as a listener saying things like don't trust your feelings <laughs> yeah. right and now forever i'll hear those in shannon's voice they're yeah. like you know but uh and and then we we don't get this is how you know. We uh-huh. don't get that question answered, you know. Um, so it's open-ended. Um, so I guess, thanks a lot, George and Shannon. What <laughs> I, I, Leaving us with questions. There needs to be a sequel. She should have later done a sequel or they should have written one. This is how this is I how. knew. You know what I mean? That's good. This is how I knew. I think my favorite lyric in the song is at the end of the chorus, this love is strong, why do I feel weak? I love oh, that. That's good, yeah. Turn around. Yeah. You know, it's such a good uh, it's a great play on turn, words, of, yeah. turn of phrase. Um, I believe we talked to George and Shannon about this. Um, I can't remember if it was in this interview or the first interview that we did with him, but the song was originally intended for another artist and I won't spoil who, because yeah. I believe they're going to tell us yeah. in the interview. Um, uh, and we'll hear about that from, from them, but they had tailored it like very specifically for this other artist. Mm-hmm. But when they, when they, when the song got pitched to that other artist, they were trying to like shift their musical direction a little mm-hmm. bit, but the song ended up making its way to Jerry Griffith, who was like the R and B guy at Arista Records at the time, and he thought it was exactly the pop crossover song that this new artist Whitney Houston needed for her debut album, and of course it was. It was exactly what she needed. It was the third single, I believe, off that um, album. You want to guess what number one and number two are? You want me to read you the track listing on on her debut album? Oh, I know those. That's you do? Okay. Yeah, it's Saving All My Love For You, right? Saving All My Love For You is number two. Okay. Um, then I would, uh, Greatest Love Of All, probably. Greatest Love no. Of All was fourth. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, then I don't know who the first one was. The first one is the opening track, You Give Good Love. Okay. Featuring Jermaine Jackson. That'd be this one. So apparently what they were doing first was trying to establish like an R&B urban audience and then hit them with the pop single and go Uh for the crossover. So they did this one for the like straight ahead R&B stations that they're trying to push to. And um, Dude, how cool is it to be the person that's discovering Whitney Houston? You're like, (laughs) hey, I've got this this girl. I think she's going to be pretty good. Yes. Let me let you hear her sing a song. Yeah. And then also... Than to be the person that is discovering the song that breaks them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, cause like, I don't, th- now, so I didn't know this, but You Give Good Love went to number three. I it was a hit. Okay. I, I didn't realize that it was, you well, know, what if I mean? you'd have read the track list, I wouldn't have picked that one. Yeah. Like that wouldn't have, obviously, I just threw the couple that I knew off the top of my head. Yeah. So, like, I didn't realize that it did that. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then she, she start her first song went to number three, but then this one went all the way to number one. Yeah. Um, so anyway, very cool. The video for this song won two MTV Video Music Awards in 1986 for Best New Artist and for Best Female Video. Um, the album itself, the self-titled album, Whitney Houston, which we talked about before, this is the one where on the album cover, I think 
she looks too to mature. Look old, tried to look too old. Yeah, yeah, it was like they, it was like they were trying immediately to make her a serious artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which is something that she immediately was mm-hmm. right. She credibly was as evidenced by stuff like you give good love and, um, saving all my love for saving you, saving all my yeah. love for greatest you love of all. and greatest love yeah. of all. But I, those are deep. Like those are mature songs. Those are mature songs. And I, so I don't think those songs were a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that album the cover packaging was kind been... of a mistake. It was like, they tried to make her 40 yeah. right away. Yeah, that's good. You know what I mean? And then they tried to retro it on the second one. They're like, let's make it as yes. bubblegum and as neon fluorescent yes. as we can. Yeah, yeah. Cause she was, I think she was 21 when this album came out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's young. Yeah. And, uh, so I think it was a, I think that first album covers was like, obviously it didn't, hamper the album she, so she just was able to get her first drink and they're like let's give her coffee yeah <laughs> so. yeah 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 so that album the album came out in 85 kind of a slow burn to the top it didn't blow up right away yeah but it took the number one spot on the billboard 200 for 14 weeks in 1986 so it went it, um you know it's releasing 85 and kind of slowly crept up 86 it gets to number one it was the second longest run at the top for a debut album since do you want to guess there was another the album year? prior to that that had gone 15 weeks in 1982 to 83. That was a debut album. That was a debut album, yeah. No clue. That would be Minute Works Business oh, as there Usual. there we go. All Didn't right. know that. Um, and it tied Carol King's Tapestry for what was then the record of number uh, of, of weeks in the top 10. It was in the top 10 for 46 weeks, which at the time tied Carol King for awesome. the most ever. It was the best-selling album of all of 1986 in the United States and the number one album of the year on the 86 Billboard year-end charts, making Whitney Houston the first female artist to earn that distinction. It is 13 times platinum in the U.S. alone. That's just here. Forget worldwide numbers. 13 times platinum here. That makes it diamond plus. Uh, It earned four Grammy nominations. This is interesting. Four Grammy noms for this album in 86. Uh, winning Best Pop Vocal Performance Female for Saving All My Love For You. Greatest Love Of All was also nominated for Record of the Year in 1987. Whitney was not nominated for Best New Artist, however, because the the National Academy of Recording Arts and Sciences, uh, and that's N-A-R-A-S for me and you, that's NARIS, they had a rule <laughs> that anyone with any prior album credits could not be nominated and Whitney had credits as a guest vocalist with both Jermaine Jackson and Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, man. So there was an uproar over her non-nomination. Just because she was a background vocalist. Because she was, it, it was like duet status, duet status you know what okay. I mean? Um, but the association held firm in their policy, stating the fact that her duets with these other artists had been submitted for Grammy consideration, saying that definitely makes her ineligible. Like, yeah. you can't say these songs didn't count. If they were submitted, you submitted them to us for Grammy. You know what I mean? So you weren't trying to hide these songs, and it's not like they're yeah. needles in a haystack. You uh-huh. made these songs plain, and yeah. so they're saying you can't. You know? Yeah. Um, and I remember actually, I think it was Richard Marks that spoke out ab- about it. He was like basically that it was BS, and I think he had he had. Um, he was probably maybe a fairly suffered new the same too. same yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like. You know, anyway, so he, I think he was one of the people that was calling the, uh, calling the Academy out on that. Anyway, 
It was the uh, first debut album and the first female artist to generate three num- uh, number one Billboard Hot 100 singles. And then, of course, the lead single was you-, you Give Good Love, and it was a surprise crossover and hit number three as well. So, like, just one of those massive That's albums. Awesome. And then she followed, you know, my theory of of two Make the, legendary yeah. albums in a row makes you an all-time legend yeah. artist, and it definitely is that. You had this one and then followed up by I Want to Dance with Somebody. Um, so, you know, just incredible. Is that yeah. the name of the second album? It was, I, right? I think it's just called Whitney. Whitney, you're right. Correct. You're, you're correct, yes. Um, so, yeah, two two monster albums. I do want to talk a little bit about Narada Michael Walden, yeah. um, who was um, a, you know, producer on this song, He and he produced, I don't know if he produced the entire album, but he produced a lot of it. Um, and then he kind of uh, tinkered with the song and the arrangement a little bit. I think he changed a couple lyrics maybe. And I know he slowed down the tempo from the original um, and worked on some production. But he was also, uh, in, in addition to, to being a well-known producer, he had been a drummer uh, known for playing jazz fusion, R&B. He also worked with Aretha. Uh, this is on production level uh, with Aretha Franklin and Mariah Carey. He produced George Benson, Kenny G, Herbie Hancock, and more. As you said, he briefly replaced Steve Smith in Journey in 2020 and departed with the return of Dean Castronovo. He has won three Grammys, uh, including one for his production on the Bodyguard soundtrack. So yeah, like stuck Whitney. with Whitney for a while. Yeah. Uh, and he had several R&B and dance hits of his own, including I Should Have Loved You, uh, which hit number four on the U.S. R&B chart, and Divine Emotions, which went to number one on the U.S. dance chart. Let's see here. Um, I feel like I should know that since it went to number one. I'm not a big dance guy, but I feel like anything that hits number one, I should at least know what it is. Yeah, but, but it, it's those, you know, those Club side stuff. charts. Yeah, yeah dance yeah. charts. I'm like, I don't even pretend yeah. to know what was number one on dance charts. Forget that. But you're right. You would think I would at least be I'd able to maybe to recall oh, that Let me sing it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but no. Uh, let's see. This song, um, How Will I Know? bumped Dion Warwick's That's oh, What that's Friends right. Are For that. from number one. Uh, so <laughs> she bumped her own cousin from number one. And it was bumped from number one, this kind of surprised me, by Kyrie by Mr. Mister. Really? Yeah. A couple of, couple of notable covers. There's an acapella version on the 25th anniversary of the album. Um, and let's check that out here. What a great vocal effect, too. I know, right? Looks into my eyes, takes me to the clouds above. Mm-hmm. You can hear the, the click, click in there a little bit. Those are her tracks she's listening to. Can't seem to get enough. Uh-huh. When I wake from dreaming. That's awesome. I know, right? Really love. <laughs> You get all the BGVs and everything. That's so good. Yeah. Let's get to the chorus because I I have a note. They changed the effect there. Chorus. Oh, I never heard the low part there on the stack. This is exactly Dude, what my what note is. In the world, where did that come so from? I have two notes on on the acapella That's version. That's got to be sissy, right? One, and you noticed them both instantly. Dude, okay, yeah. so one is 
that I never caught this in the original, but the BGVs on the chorus are singing what would be melodically the two yeah. over the four chord. They're yeah. going, how will I know? Yep. Which would be the two over that four chord. Um, and if I was producing, I don't think I would have had the nerve to let that slide, uh-uh. right? Like, it, it, I would have been like, no, the correct thing to yeah, do would be to stay not, on the one. It's not right. How stay, will I know? Yep. And make it more of like a blocky, stronger uh-huh. four chord. But that's why I'm podcasting. I wonder if they not, wrote that that way or if they just like, if they're just like, sing what you would think of the harmony part was. Right, yeah. And they're like, this feels like how I would do it in church. Yeah, they probably, so, yeah, feel it out. Feel and it it's, out. You know, this got a where, little more, maybe a little more soul to it, a yeah. little more natural, and it's moving with the melody. Yeah. So the melody, how will I know? Mm-hmm. So you're, what you're actually getting over that chord is a minor two chord over the four. Okay. That's Which, what it really. not horrible. It works. No, yeah. no, no. It's like a, it's like a, you're getting like a four add uh, 13 mm-hmm. chord yeah. or an add six chord. So it's cool. Uh, but like if, if it's me in the booth, I'm going, I, I think I'm going to be like, no, let's do it. How will I know? And mm-hmm. then yeah. that's, that's why I'm hosting a podcast right. instead of <laughs> swimming in a pool of gold coins, like Scrooge McDuck, you know, uh, <laughs> my other note is, and you caught this, you caught this too, that there is doubling on her voice in some of the bare spots in yeah. this. That's not there yeah. on the original recording. Um, and I think, that is to hide the fact that in the original, she's a little sharp on a couple spots. Really? There, let's go back and listen to the second pre-chorus in particular. Okay. I can I can take you to it. Do yes, you think she's doubled it, or they just chorused it? I think they do- – well, it's it, one or the other. It, yeah. yeah I, I'm not sure. They either put a heavy chorus or just straight up double. Yeah. But let's go to the second – let's go to the second pre-chorus. No. You hear me there? That's no. sharp. That's hit, hit sharp. It again. Hit it again. Maybe it's just because I've heard it that way my whole life. Yeah, it doesn't sound bad. It's one of those things. It's like, just slide. It just is the song, you know, but she's sharp. Tell me, how will I know? That's sharp, homie. That's sharp. <laughs> now, they could have just auto-tuned it, but I think sure. what they do is ch- chose to keep her natural take, and they yeah. added a they added a second thing so that it doesn't sound, uh-huh. you know, you don't notice it when it's bare. That's, so, that's but funny. I'm so impressed that you caught both of those instantly. That's awesome. You knew what I was talking about. That's great. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's uh, let's stump the genius. We oh yeah, that before we kick it. Let's oh do my a gosh. Little, we'll do a little Whitney trivia. Let's go. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. Stump the genius. It's time to stump the genius. Jump up and take your part. I take your part. All right, let's do a little Whitney trivia. Let's um, go. Let's go Whitney Houston trivia. Oh gosh, I should have looked these over. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, I gotta say, I gotta say. For season eleven, I'm 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 changing my I'm changing my standard. Okay, okay? no eighty percent. I'm not I'm not holding myself to the eighty percent standard <laughs> okay. for season eleven. I'm going eighty five. Oh, <laughs> he's raising the bar. I did not see that one coming. Okay, number one, who did Sissy Houston's Whitney's mom? Yes, not sing background vocals with. Okay, okay, she sang background vocals with a lot of people. Jimi Hendrix. Okay, Elvis, Van Morrison, The Who. Hmm. Who did she not sing background vocals? Okay, for? Hendrix. Hendrix. Okay, all of those are American except Elvis. for one. So I'm going. I'm going with the UK band. I'm going with the Who. The Who. Hey, good job. She actually sang background vocals on Brown Eyed Girl. Did she really? Yeah, she's one of the ones. In wow, there. I didn't know that. Dang. So I have not verified that fact, but okay. I saw that on there. So asterisk not yeah. verified, but okay. heard that. Um, Whitney was the first woman of color to appear on what magazine? Seventeen, Vogue, Cosmopolitan, Men's Health. Ooh, my gut said Vogue. 
Um, 17 Vogue Cosmopolitan Men's Health. Wow. Men's Health? That doesn't sound right. <laughs> I'm going to go with Cosmopolitan. I'm, I'm going to go with Cosmo. It's 17. It's 17. Well, oh yeah, okay. okay so, wow. Okay. I mean, that made that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. I should have, but okay. That's okay. All right. Okay. So who won the 1991 Super Bowl where Whitney sang the Star Spangled Banner? I'll give you four choices. Bills, Giants, Cowboys, Broncos. Okay. So I would not be a football fan at all if I said the Bills. Okay. Right? You can't you can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'll, it was the Bills. I'll give you a hint. Do you know which of those teams it, beat the Bills? It's got to be 91. 90, no, wait. What are the other choices, Cowboys? Giants, Cowboys, John, wait, yeah, okay. Broncos. Okay. Yeah, so that's going to be the – is that the Phil Simms Giants? That's the Jeff Hostetler Giants. Whoa. But you got it. Yeah, wow. It was the year after Phil Simms. OJ. Okay. That was the Scott Norwood missed field goal line, oh, right? That okay. Was, have you seen the jerseys that are made now? It's Norwood, and it's all his jer- – His <laughs> name right? is on the right shoulder. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Not cool. Freaking love that. Um, where was Whitney born? Cali, Florida, New Jersey, Idaho. Not Idaho. Not uh, Idaho. Another one I needed a fourth. <laughs> and not Florida. You're it's Cali right. or New Jersey. Yeah. I'm gonna. I think New Jersey. New Jersey. Jersey. There we go. Jersey girl. Come on, Bell. Our Bell. Our Bell is seen better days. All right. Oh man, I forgot about this question. Okay. You might need to write these down. Okay. All right. I got you. Let's write these down. Um. So you got a note here. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. We're gonna. Put these five Whitney acting roles in order. Okay. Chronologically. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to have to, I wrote them chronologically, so I got to mix them up so I'm not okay. too easy on that. All right. Um, the Bodyguard, okay. Preacher's Wife, Okay. Sparkle, Okay. Waiting to Exhale, Okay. As the World Turns. Ooh. Okay. All right. I'm going to go first. I'm going to say chronologically one. Yes. As the world turns. Ding, 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 Oh, yeah. One, okay. we're starting off good. All right. Two, bodyguard. Yes, dude. Yes. Awesome. I do, The only one I don't know about is Sparkle. Okay. I don't know where Sparkle was, so I'm going to guess here, and I'm going to give you my next three, and you just tell me if I'm right okay. or wrong. I'm going to go next, Waiting to Exhale, then Preacher's Wife, then Sparkle. You were real close. Mm. Preacher's Wife was in front of Waiting to Exhale, but other than that, you got it. Was it really? Yeah, by one year. So wow. it goes, As the World Turns, 84, Bodyguard, 92, Preacher's Wife, 96, Waiting to Exhale, 97, Sparkle, 2012. What is Sparkle? I have no idea. So I just, I don't know what it is. Now, here's what I, we all know about the perceived, whether it was real or not, the perceived rivalry between Whitney and Mariah. Right, sure. and they made a thing out of it on the VMAs uh-huh. when they like came out and presented an award together. Blah yeah. blah blah. They might have even been wearing the same outfit. I think they like really leaned into yeah. like uh-huh. people assume that they hated each other. Yeah. You know, um, but did Whitney have a movie called Sparkle before Mariah had a movie called Glitter? Ooh, I don't know. Let's let's look that up. I'll um, look up Glitter. Okay. You look up Sparkle. I know Sparkle was 2012. Okay. So that's funny. As we go, this is an exhilarating <laughs> podcast here as we look up on our phones. That's right. That's really funny. I didn't even think of that. 2001 is Glitter. So oh, okay. So Mariah so 2000, wins that battle okay. by a landslide. Then I do not know what Sparkle is at all. 2012 musical drama. 
Girl groups and the Motown sound are sweeping the nation, despite their mother's <laughs> Whitney Houston misgivings. Talented sisters Dolores, um, Sister, and Sparkle are taking Detroit by, Detroit by storm, and their dreams are even bigger. Their ambitious manager will do whatever it takes to make the big time, even if it means exploiting the sisters and his love for Sparkle for the foundation of a new musical empire. If there's a good food in that, I'm sure it will be covered on a new podcast, Cinema Snack Bar. <laughs> That's right. My, my good buddy Rob is hosting with Zeke Tucker. Y'all make sure to subscribe to that and check it out. Go to cinemasnackbar.com and, and uh, subscribe on all your favorite Little plug for you there. Starring Jordan Sparks as Sparkle. Oh, well, there you go. How about that? Man, that's some okay. powerhouse vocals there. Wow. Jordan. All right. Anyway. Wow. Man, this video has got 534,000 likes on YouTube. That's my okay. last note. I've that's got. pretty solid. My only one other note was uh, one more cover, and that would be by Sam Smith. Okay. Um, with a very different tone. Um, of him, of of the yeah, of the, of the no, song. no, no. For for the song, what you it's think like, of this all, song? All I think of Sam Smith is "Stay with Me." Like that's how right. I just hear his voice. And then a a lyric change. Okay. Um, how will she know? How will not with Sam Smith? Not with you're right. Not Thank for you. Sam. Thank you for helping me with that. Yep. So it's a change in tone for the song and okay. a change in perspective for the song. But you hear it. I heard it and I went, "Oh, I'm gonna like this." Oh, it's you I know You're the one I dream of So it's a one-on-one To the listener, yeah, yeah. that's good Oh, I like that approach Yeah My Take me to the clouds above Skips the pre-chorus, I think How will I know If you really love me I say a prayer with every heartbeat. I fall in love whenever we meet. I'm asking you to know about these things. How will yeah, he's he's a vocalist that it's not really my style. I'm not super crazy, but he can freaking sing. Yeah, dude, he's a great vocalist. Yes, and it just occurred to me. I think that Sam Smith uses. They pronouns. So if we've been mispronouncing, I mean, mispronouning Sam Smith, mm-hmm. forgive us. Yeah. We're not Unin- used to that. Unintentional. <laughs> yeah, unintentional. No no offense intended. Anyway, but I thought love that version. I thought it was cool. It was good. Very different. Not what I expect. I mean, when I saw Sam Smith, I knew it was not going to be what I expected yeah. from the song. I knew it was going to be something different, but yeah. I was like, oh, this is really good. That's good. I like that that's a, a neat. That's a neat take. Yeah. So, Smart approach. Yeah. Well, guys, we're just getting started. You're yeah, about to are. jump into the fun part of this thing, which is hanging out <laughs> with George and Shannon. Yes. They are great. Yes. So we're yes. glad to be back with them. Um, yeah. Anytime. We should just we should just have them on once a year. Yeah. They're they're know, fantastic. Probably. They're awesome. And uh, yeah, keep listening. Follow along on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Great Song Pod. Be part of the Facebook group, Great Songs and the people who love no Great Songs and the, the great, great people who love them greatly. And uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash greatsongpod, and you can have an even better chance of winning at least one of our autographed (laughs) five EP uh, vinyls from George and Shannon of Boy Meets Girl. And uh, man, big, big ups to them for coming back on and being part of the show. Um, They're just super fun and seem to really have a good time, you know, with us. So they've been great. Can't wait to uh, see you guys on the other side. Um, Thanks to Ben and Olaf for hooking us back up with them, their people. Yeah, so Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, so we'll be back to tuck you in at the very end. But first, let's go talk to George and Shannon.
This is the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we are here once again in their entirety in with their Boy entirety. Meets Girl. They came back for round two. We had so much fun the first time around. George and Shannon, thank you so much for joining us again on the Great Song Podcast. <laughs> Thank so you. Much well, it, it's a testament to the amount of fun we had also. <laughs> oh, well, that's great. The uh, what the listeners don't know, because it's audio only, but this time we actually get to see them while we're chatting. Yeah. So we're using yeah. the uh, World Wide Web to help via Zoom. So this is <laughs> nice getting to see the uh, the people that we're blasting these zingers of questions at. So uh, let's, let's play a little catch up uh, at first. Since the first time that we talked, uh, the first time that we talked, you guys were just on the verge of releasing the five EP. Um, it was being, it was still in mixing mastering stage, I think at that point. And, uh, so you were just finished it. Um, I, I, I mean, we've both played it a ton. I've just loved that record. I've played it over and over and over. Um, I had friends who, uh, who played everything new at their wedding reception. It's just a great collection of songs. Um, how have you guys found the reception of the album to be? Have you been happy with it? Yeah. I mean, I think that, that it worked out very much like we'd hoped. It's just this uh, other, other time for us where we're feeling excited about life. We're excited about uh, the music that we're coming up with. It's, um, it's, a, it's a brighter expression right now. And so it seems like people are responding in that way. I'm glad right. we, we seem to be touching a nerve that way. So it's good. Well, and I think one of the ways we know now is, you know, of course, streaming numbers. So our <laughs> the um, person, Olaf, who's assisting us, sends us numbers, you know, <laughs> and they look good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge thanks to Olaf and Ben for syncing us back up together. We, yeah. we talked to Olaf. He's a, he's a good dude. So we're, we're thankful he's that great. he's communicating <laughs> with you as, as well as us. Shannon, we didn't talk about your novel, The Wonderground, uh, last time, which is the name of the, your 2003 album. Um, I know nothing think about the novel i didn't do that much research but climbing track three off of that is awesome the layered vocals <laughs> are fantastic and you should uh and you should pitch make it up um to the 1991 version of paula abdul's spellbound album because it would follow rush rush perfectly so, oh. so, <laughs> so, so there's a quick follow-up for you guys but do tell yeah. us about uh, tell us about the wonderground i'd love to know yeah well, um, regarding the novel, I'll yeah. just address that. I wrote it and then I felt like, um, you know, it was a personal exercise and I thought I would publish it and briefly it was out there and then I took it back. I didn't do the proper editing that I needed to do on it. And so I wasn't, um, wasn't something I felt proud to present okay. all in all. Yeah, so I quickly thought, mm, didn't do the work. So I removed it. That, but okay. um, That's a lesson for album, all y'all out there, like, to be proud of what you put. Like, that takes guts to pull it back. Yeah, like, that takes sure. that takes restraint. So I'll give you that as a compliment, whereas some people might. Oh, I think that takes Thank you. Yeah, I think it took guts to write it and guts yeah. to take it back. Yeah, <laughs> it <both>. was... <laughs> For sure. So, so Good Exchange, first song y'all wrote together. We mentioned it in the last interview, but we really didn't dig, it, dig in on there. We kind of brushed past it. Talk a little bit about Good Exchange, how that, uh, that first writing session uh, kind of came about. Good Exchange, well, that, that takes us back to the writing with our band Sparrow at the time. And... Um, we were renting a house, no furniture, but there was a piano. 
important stuff. Was and there. sleeping bags. I think we just had sleeping bags. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, minimalist. Yeah. And uh, you know, just went to the gig and came back, and you know, to go food, that sort of thing. Anyway, um, Shannon plopped a, a, a page of lyrics in front of me, and it was just, it was so obvious where this song should go. I, I, I came up with the music for it. Actually, Shannon, I think Shannon had heard me playing the piano. I, I heard him. Yeah. I was in the other end of the house or out on the patio or something, and I heard him playing this music, and I thought, I just wrote those lyrics last night. So, And we had never written a song together. I don't know why yeah. it didn't occur to us, but it, it just didn't. And so I ran in there with my lyric book and put them in front of George. And I loved the chords and that groove he was using. So I just started singing along, reading my lyrics, and this song popped up. And That's it was awesome. It was. It and was. It, and it really indicated how our writing was going to go going forward because it's been um it's been really intuitive. It always is. And it makes it not that each song is easy to write, but it makes the writing process easy. And we can talk over our differences of, oh, I think it should be this way or that way. And we edit each other. But it, you know, it foretold that this was going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> and a good exchange. I mean, that was the part of it that was just kind of goofy, you know. Yeah. It's a great uh, title for what the way it I went know. down. That's awesome. I know. I know. How long did it take you guys to... Um, you know, I know as a, as a songwriting team, it takes some time to really build trust um, where you can where you can say, A, you can it's safe to bring your idea to the table. And then B, <laughs> it's also safe to be like, that's great. But I think maybe we should do something differently, you know, to, to be able to like safely criticize and receive critique and also to present these vulnerable <laughs> ideas. How long did that take for you guys? Well, I can speak to, to that in a way that, um, see, I was I was writing songs prior to to us getting together. I was writing with another fella. He and I uh, started writing songs in the, um, the fifth grade, grade school. Okay. And uh, we were a band called Village Sunshine. And uh, the very first song was called The Village Sunshine. Then came the village sunshine, yeah, that. and made your life worthwhile. You know, it's a memorable melody if it sticks with That's you right. since the fifth grade. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. in the yeah. fifth grade, I was yeah. like, I think I, I had a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles t-shirt. That's about all I remember. <laughs> That's awesome. You yeah, remember? I know. It still comes back. I, and uh, so he and I, we had started the exchange, you know, as far as the exchange of ideas back then as young pups. And as we were doing that, um, there were things that I found that didn't work for me with the way our process uh, was. And I, I couldn't voice it as a young kid. And it was just one of those things when Shannon plopped those lyrics down in the two of us, the, our, our communication right away was on another level between us as far as it, it wasn't as um, emotionally uh, fraught. Is that uh, what you're going to say? Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It was just, we were just trying to make a good song, you know, right off the, in fact, I think I can say that from, from the very start. And, and uh, so mm -hmm. as much as we both have our suitcases, we weren't carrying them into the songwriting room at that point. So it was, it was, I think it was pretty natural how it all happened, really. I don't think we, you know, went to therapy over it or anything. <laughs> <laughs> No, in fact, you know, um, referring back to the Wonderground album, um, uh, it was our therapy. 
yeah. uh, because the Wonderground was written and recorded while we were going through separation and divorce, which you know is a fraught and and um, disruptive process and painful. But um, that was our therapy: was just writing our way through it, making ourselves show up at the studio, making ourselves communicate as clearly as we could, or just you know, put a lid on it for a moment and get through it. Yeah. Wow. That's a great way to say that. Making ourselves show up. Yeah. Like that's, 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 that's well done. I think we could all, if we could all kind of get a tattoo of that, actually, yeah. if we could yeah. just be like, make yourself, <laughs> show, make up yourself today, show up. That's you know? good. That's, a, show up. that's awesome. Yeah. The, uh, so your first, I like al- that oh, your first album came out in 85. So let's just talk about something that I somehow glossed over when doing my research last time, but I sure as heck caught this time. There's a little song on there that is amazing <laughs> called In Your Eyes. And let's talk about how I didn't do the math wow. in my head the first time. But there was another song that charted pretty well about a year later by a guy you may have heard of called Peter Gabriel with a song called <laughs> In Your Eyes. Were you like, wait a minute, did you get some inspiration from us for this? Wow. Was that ever crossed my mind? Did it yours, George? No, it didn't. But I, I'd say he really outdid us, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean that that song and his his in your eyes is in, no, it's but, incredible. But he can't uh, touch your I, casual smoking in the old girl video. That ain't happening. <laughs> y'all, y'all take the cake with the casual smoking there. So you run. Away I love. I love the, the, the attention to detail, the, man. Like that, that. that video is to me, that's a classic. I just love, <laughs> I love taking that video apart, seeing me like walk over to the edge of the, the, the cliff and I, I kick a little rock, you know, to make it look like I'm really close to the edge, but I'm not, you know, like, stuff like that. Danger. Yeah. Danger. <laughs> I know that was such an eighties attitude video. No girl videos. <laughs> It was. It was so much fun. I love. Uh, it, we've kind of lost the art of like the overly serious video. You know, yeah. <laughs> like there were some great ones back in the day. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> so last time we talked, we focused a lot on um, I want to dance with somebody and waiting for a star to fall, and we're definitely going to talk uh, about the I don't I want to dance with somebody movie, um, but we didn't really get into one of the other mega hits that you wrote for Whitney Houston, and that would be How Will I Know. Um, can you give us kind of the backstory on that song or any stories about it that you would like to share that you think our, our audience would like to hear? Hmm. Well, there are a couple of them. Um, I think it's probably known now because we've done a, a number of interviews, but we did originally write that um, by request of our um, new publishing company at the time for Janet Jackson. Hmm. But she was doing her Control album, which is very conceptual yeah. album and very good. Uh, so that wouldn't have uh, really worked for her. Um, but consequently, it had a very kind of airy, light vocal on it because we were trying to do, you know, match what she'd done in the past with her vocal. Um, but anyway, then it went through all that circuitous route and ended up in Clive Davis's hands. Um, and he liked it for this young new artist he was looking her songs for, which was Whitney Houston. Of course, nobody knew who she was at the time, but um, but we're so fortunate it landed there. And then he sent the song on to Narda Michael Walden, 
who um, did a little more. He added an extra musical part in keeping with the other music and said, can you write some additional lyrics for this? So he played it over the phone. We heard it and wrote the lyrics and sent those to him. And he went, great, they're perfect. So he did this, you know, pumped up production on the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really just just so good. And we heard it. Um, some friends of ours worked uh, in Narda's studio at the time. They called us up on the phone one day and said, we knew them from Seattle, but you know, they called us up from Narda's studio in San Rafael, California, and said, you guys got to hear this. We just finished a rough mix of Whitney's vocal on your song. And so we held the phone out and played it. And <laughs> I mean, who could ever expect you're going to hear that, you know? <laughs> well, and, and that, was. <laughs> that was the vocal that we heard that night over the phone was the vocal that everybody knows and loves, right? Yeah. So it was, but this was a rough mix at the end of the day. Wow. So it's like, it was just the most amazing thing to hear. That's you amazing. know, and, and be part of that whole, that whole run. As a matter of fact, I was thinking the other day about it too. What attracted Clive Davis to that song? And I bet it was the lyric. I bet it was how will I know? Because he was working with this 19-year-old. He saw her as a superstar. He could see. But he was thinking about who her audience, who she was going to be singing to. Yeah. It's going to be young young kids going going through all yeah. those throes of early love and all those different things. And I, th I think it was the lyric. I think the melody. Well, you, yeah, and you, you know, underscored yeah. each word with a chord. You know, how will I know? So it, it made it stand out. <laughs> oh, here That's we go. Right over to the last, last time he did a bread song. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Well done. Well played, George. Well played then. Well played. Thank you. I worked really hard at that well, one. Well played now. So follow up. I'm going to tell you all, I kind of thought that was the uh, angle that we were going to talk about. So I have a follow up that I had pre-planned that landed perfectly. So Stay Forever is the song for that Janet Jackson Control album. That's the one that should have followed What Have You Done For Me Lately. If you pitch Stay Forever and you substitute electric guitar synth lines instead of that electric guitar line that's the janet jackson song that follows what have you done for me lately it's stay forever oh that's that's a fun thought <laughs> totally could hear that in fact she she wouldn't she she would have nailed that verse yeah yeah had a vision for you before you came. And there we go. And then her, you know, dancing. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, I wish our listeners could see yeah. Shannon rolling the Janet Jackson arms. Getting the groove on. With the hat. Oh, yeah. man, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, that was a good look. <laughs> I would love I can't to. can't do any of the other moves because I need a chiropractor after that. <laughs> Uh, I would love to know if if you guys have what I'm going to call uh, an almost story um, of you know that that we might not know about yet of a a song of yours that uh, that you thought up until the last second was going on somebody's record or you know or that something was happening with that ended up not happening an almost story in that way. Hmm. Well, I mean, waiting for a star to fall in a way, sure, because we we just. Totally figured, well, that was just divine how Shannon got the idea for that. It's got to be for Whitney Houston. Right. So we just, we just made an assumption on that one that, yeah, in the bag, but <laughs> not to be. <laughs> I, can't hear, I can't hear anybody other than y'all singing it, though. 
like in that's, my head. Yeah. Like that's y'all's song. That will forever, forever. I don't know why I had trouble <laughs> saying that there, but that will forever be y'all's song for me. Now, if I'm one. if I'm recalling correctly, we did hear it got into the demo phase at least with Belinda Carlisle. Yep. Is that right? Yep, we yeah, we heard that mm-hmm. one. Yeah, but um, right. Yeah, but and we did. we couldn't remember exactly how that happened, but you know, um, publishing companies take your music around and send it, and people get request songs from so and so, and so you don't really know where it's going. But it did end up with her um, yeah. briefly, and then it was going to end up with Robert Palmer. Mm-hmm. He had a hold on the song, but Arif Martin, who um, decided he wanted to produce, waiting for Star to Fall with us said, well, I I know Robert Palmer and I will give him a call and tell him that we would like to do it. So <laughs> he wow. took care of that whole thing. Wow. How about <laughs> that? Wow. That's, yeah, that's, I, didn't, some, I didn't know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some sort of a backroom deal was made. Ah. <laughs> so in, instead of an almost, it, it was an almost not, really. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, that's good. Oh, I like that. Wow. That's good. Yeah. I, I like that story. I love Robert Palmer, but I've, I would never dream of wanting to be deprived of the Boy Meets Girl version. Absolutely, like, same. Yes. Oh. The, yeah, uh, George, George pretty much killed it. I I love that <laughs> song. <laughs> the uh, first album we talked about, uh, Michael Yoakum on drums. I didn't realize <sighs> that he played with Corn. There's nothing more uh, like opposite boy yeah. meets girl than Corn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, um, yeah, he's he's a you know studio uh, one of the hottest studio yeah. drummers of the uh, in that in that. Uh, middle 80s era he yeah. was the one of the first calls and um yeah yeah i, I saw, remember i saw him playing when that, with when you he guys had that on, era with corn yeah i saw yeah, him playing right. with you guys on american bandstand i was like holy cow that's him and you like introduce <laughs> yeah. him i'm like what in the world that's corn's drummer what's he doing I'm yeah. there with those guys that's, <laughs> that's crazy well and you know um tom Werman, who produced our first yep. album um uh was the Motley Crue producer that, that, and yeah, and some of those other you know metal bands and things. So yeah, I'm so glad you touched on that because you mentioned him like the, the producer of Motley Crue, and, and I think that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm that's so glad crazy. you said that. Paul Jackson Jr. on guitar. I mean, come on. I was, I was, yeah, Paul, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah we had the good fortune to um, we, we a good good buddy of ours from Seattle had moved down to L.A. and started a recording studio. And he he immediately learned the whole process of calling up a contractor, and you could get anybody you wanted to to come play on your record for a price, of course. <laughs> but but um, but you know, so he we did these uh, wonderful sessions with him. We we uh, we uh, one of our early demos before we um, you know uh, finally had uh, interest from A and M. Um, we did a demo, and we had. Uh, Trissom Bowden and, and George Hawkins, the bottom end uh, uh, drummer and bass player for Kenny Loggins. Yeah, band. Kenny Loggins guys. Mm-hmm. We had Waddy Wachtel playing guitar. Yeah, yeah and we, we had. That's so crazy. We yeah. were just looking up Waddy's stuff that he was yeah. on something. We had it, Waddy oh, played. He's and, so good. And then we had Jay Graydon playing uh, guitar. Yeah. Wow. And and this is all post Asia and everything like that. And he's in it, and he does all this beautiful layered, doubled and tripled guitar. Uh, mm-hmm. stuff on on these demos it's just and we're gonna at some point uh going forward we're gonna go back in the archives and start releasing some of these just to share with people oh, probably on our website just just for grins you know because uh it's, it's we like, have to we have to hope some of that survived because none yeah, of us really know where the two inch tape is anymore so mm. yeah wow 
Yeah, yeah me, and, me and Rob just were, I went deep on Waddy Wachtel stuff the other day because we were talking about The Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks and Rob was like, who oh, plays yeah. guitar on that? I was like, I don't know. I should know. And I was like, oh, it's Waddy. And so I was like, man, he's played on so much stuff. Yeah, and he's he's got that identifiable sound. That it's just his guitar and his amp, I guess, and and you know the way he plays it. But yeah, he's great. <laughs> well, and and I think um, our early boy meets girl identity. I think we were we were keying on bands like Missing Persons. Yeah, we just we thought they were the, you know, we just we I, we just loved them. They were a, a duel mm-hmm. as well, you know, Dale and uh, Tony Bazio, I think it was. Anyway, Ooh, uh, um, uh, and 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 you know, keying on what Pat Benatar was doing, you know, with Neil with Geraldo. Neil, yeah, and stuff. I, mean, I yeah. totally see that because, so, like, that's that's so good. Yeah, yeah, and I, so I think there was a, a we were seeing us our sound as a, a little bit more, you know, electric guitar driving, you know, and um, we weren't we weren't really looking back in the mirror. I think. When we got our first deal with AM, I think they were looking at us because of the Carpenters, and we were kind of coming in <laughs> post Carpenters. I think they were hoping that we might be a little you more know, pop follow. than rock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can do the whole we've only just begun, but I don't, that's not really, you know, that's not really, we tend to want to. I bet a, y'all could kill kind of Superstar. I could say, don't you remember you told me you love me? <laughs> I see y'all freaking bringing that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I watched yeah. A, um, a documentary on the Carpenters uh, a couple of weeks ago, actually, and, you know, was amazed all over again at um, their the the breadth of their work. Oh, and yeah. How many hits they had. And then there she is playing drums, drums and singing. Yeah. Lead, yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know the lead singer exactly, and <laughs> yeah. and all those gorgeous harmonies. We used to sit down and take those apart in our early days, just trying to figure out, you know, how they how they got that sound as far you know as far as layering and all that stuff. And that became so some of those things we learned became part of the boy meets girl sound, you know. Yeah. Well, as we record now, we are days away. By the time the episode releases, it will have come out. But but as we record, we are days away from the much-anticipated Whitney Houston biopic uh, named after your song, I Want to Dance with Somebody. Um, and so I, I got to know, you know, uh, at, at what level have you guys been involved or getting to preview any of this, you know, movie? And, and have you enjoyed what you've seen so far? We've seen what everybody else has seen. Um, okay. we, we haven't had a preview or anything. Okay. Um, the trailers, though, look amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, yeah. They look yeah. beautifully yeah. produced. And I've read some wonderful interviews with and articles about Naomi Aki. Mm-hmm. And she certainly had the world on her shoulders, you know, taking that role on. Huh. And um, But I hear that she did really well with it. So I'm excited to see it. Yeah. yeah. Before we saw any previews, um, I remember hearing all about the the process as it was building last year. You know, the first things we heard when we heard that they were going to use the, the the working title, "I Will Dance with Somebody." <laughs> okay, one of those things that that we've learned as songwriters, you don't own that right off the bat. You just kind of go, "Okay, sure, yeah, sure it is." Working title, still change. You know, but. But you know, down at my movie theater, there's a coming soon, and it yep. says I want to dance with. I'm I'm buying into it now. I think Finally. it's going to be called I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's been fun to watch. It's just been this whole progression, and you know, I was thinking the same thing that Shannon mentioned. Those were 
those were big boots, you know, Naomi put on to to do to to say yes and mm-hmm. take that on. And um, it sounds like from from everybody's you know uh, feelings about the movie, what we're hearing, yeah, sounds really really positive. So uh, well, the, and they the got the, the scriptwriter for um, who did Bohemian Rhapsody, and yeah. I thought he did a great job on that. So yeah, once I heard that, I thought, okay, this is really cool. They're they're you know carefully choosing who's involved in it. So yeah. I think it goes well. So I guess yeah, the and real- they, they were all about making it about the music is what yeah. we were told from the beginning. I mm-hmm. We'll see how it all ended up in, you know, in the movie. But um, mm-hmm. that, that, that seems like the way to go with Whitney's story is really, because come on, what a body of songs, you know. Yeah. So I guess yeah. the real question is who's going to play George in the uh, that's in right the, in, in the, the sequel in the sequel yeah in the or, <laughs> or the, the boy, prequel or the boy meets girl biopic yeah who's going who's going to that's, that's right good. yeah <laughs> well as as Glenn Campbell so sweetly said um, in the documentary about him that the guy who a friend of his who was going to make the documentary said I I'm thinking about making a documentary about you and and Glenn who was slipping into dementia at that time sadly but he so humorously said well I think I'll play me <laughs> <That's good. laughs> yeah. you I hope you love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking Denzel Washington it's kind yeah. of for you there George yeah. I think that's oh, the, I think that's man. The, <laughs> I've never heard high praise <laughs> high praise Bishop's wife yeah, yeah that's there good you go. there you go nice one well um tell us what what is on the horizon for you guys for boy meets girl uh, what what can we be expecting in 2023 and and beyond <laughs> well we're going to leave 2022 with our vinyl version of our last year's digital release but the vinyl includes some remixes and also a um a fun version that we made of How Will I Know. Yeah. So I'll send you guys some copies to give away. Cup, and cup then, uh, looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And George's wife, wife Roz, yeah. did the artwork. Looks good. Yeah, looks great. Yeah. Liner notes, man. Credits. Yeah. Hey, real, real live liner notes. <laughs> we love that stuff. Yeah. So that's our farewell to 2022. And then um, we've redone our website. It it's looks bright phenomenal. And it looks so good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank so you. that's a reflection of where we're headed for 2023 is we're just going to lighten up, do some fun things, take off where we left off with the five music and um, just revisit some, some happy realms because God knows the world needs it right now. Absolutely. And personally, you know, that's what we want to express. That's yeah. awesome. That's great. Well, George, we're uh, we're going to start a bread cover band, right? That's what you have planned for 2023 is we're, we're starting a bread <laughs> cover band, right? I'm up for it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Here we go. Here we go again. Oh, here we go. Let's do this thing. Always be a staying beside me. It wouldn't be a Boy Meets Girl and Great Song Podcast episode if we didn't do a little bread music. So thank you for that. Oh, I love it. Bread. This has been fun. We used our gas station snack food question last time. Yeah. So uh, I know I wrote down y'all's answers so I wouldn't forget them. Uh, Shannon, I know if they, they went, you went water and corn nuts and Snickers with plant George. Um, she said you would scratch your chin for a while and then go bag of potato chips. So uh, <laughs> I, I guess we'll just, 
that's, that's well, you know what? Still accurate. Okay. Actually, so <laughs> nothing's changed. There we go. So, just yeah. so our listeners know, they're still the, still the same, still the same, same folks right. as they were last. That's good. Yeah. So well, it's been such a treat to yeah. have you guys on again, uh, and hopefully, I mean, I'm I'm a. We'll just let's just do this once every year or yeah, so. Yeah, we'll just and we'll make just, it a, a couple know. annual check in. Just yeah. see how things. We'll go. do it. We'll we'll hustle some new music out. We'll talk to you soon. Yeah, we're yeah. so excited. We'll, we'll go we'll go live some life. Have something to talk about. There you you guys do the same thing. <laughs> Thank you guys <laughs> Thanks, so much. Guys. This has been a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you, Rob. I agree. This is great. Talk to you guys Thank soon. Thank you, guys. <laughs> this is the Great Song Podcast. And that was George and Shannon, a.k.a. Boy Meets Girl, a.k.a. the writers of some of the literal greatest songs in Ever. pop music history. Yeah. You want to just give me, if you said you can listen to three pop songs for the rest of your life uh, and all pop music otherwise is is erased from your memory, uh, you could make a case for it just being their biggest three hits. Yeah. You can be <laughs> waiting for a star to fall. How will I know? Uh-huh. And I want to dance with yeah. somebody. Yeah. You could make a case for just uh-huh. give me those and you can have everything else. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, I mean, come on. So, so cool to have them on again. Um, and we wish them all the best. Can't wait to hear new music from them. Uh, I will forever be big, big, big boy meets girl fan. Um, and I know you will as well. So, uh, season 11 rolls along. Dude, we're just getting started. And um, we got a good season, guys. We like, do. This we is say that be... a lot, but this one's, we got stuff in we the do. can that and, yeah, we're just you, excited. Thankfully, you continue to believe us and follow along on That's the journey. Right. Um, and we're so grateful for every single listen, every single download, no matter what your platform is of choice. Uh, we're grateful to have you. And uh, we're thankful for your support on every single level. So thank you uh, for telling people about the show, sharing the show, anything you can do to uh, help us, you know, continue to get to do what we do and chase this hobby and this dream and whatever this is um the side hustle the gig whatever whatever this is in the economy um thank you guys so much and uh it'll be our pleasure to be back with you next week with another great song until then i'm rob i'm jp go listen to some music